Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call the show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are special interests that are also less than enthusiastic about you knowing about the studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled The Reality of Air Quality. Hello, Dr. Benz. Hey, Aubrey. How's, how's it going at your end? Is there any air pollution up your way? There's always air pollution, indoors and outdoors. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, this, this particular topic that got my attention initially was the one in India, the study that showed that the average person in an urban area in India could lose 9 to 10 years of their lifespan. Uh, by by breathing the air and uh, that was kind of dramatic I, I hadn't heard that high a number before and I wondered what you thought when you saw that article whether that was the same shock that I experienced yeah especially I think coming um, at the hands of you know what's happening with climate change and we have more air pollution not only happening because of um, industry partners and industry corporations but also because of you know, wildfires and natural disasters. And so I was very shocked with this showing that that 2.6 range to nine years, you know, like that's a huge drastic intake. And then I kept wondering about what's happening with climate change as it progresses and how that's going to impact air quality, both inside and outside. Yeah, I mean, the statistic that was shocking to me too was that, that when you combine the deaths from HIV and smoking, and uh, automobile accidents, put them all together, they still don't equal the deaths from air pollution every day. And so that was also a kind of a shocking uh, point. I mean, it, it's going up the list, uh, you know, approaching cancer and heart disease as the, as the main causes of, uh, of cancer and deaths. And then there was this study around the Great Lakes where they couldn't find any women within 100 miles of the Great Lakes that didn't have chemicals in their breast milk. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, you know, what's going on? I mean, breast milk is supposed to be the sacrosanct thing. I mean, children need that in order to grow and to prosper. And now if, if there's whole areas of the country that, that are so polluted that women can't have breast milk that's safe to drink, safe for children to drink. That to me was one of the more shocking things that, that came out of some of the science recently on this topic, and uh, I just don't I just don't know what what we can do about it, and and on top of that, now there's a new study that comes out about these PFAS molecules, these polyfluorocalyl what do they call them polyfluorocalyl molecules, and they just they're forever they call them forever molecules forever chemicals. You just can't get rid of them. And when they tested people's houses, they tested 20 houses, 17 of them had these things in at higher levels than should be in there and were, were dangerous. And like you, 90% of people uh, stay indoors. And so maybe the indoor air is, is just as bad or worse than the outdoor air. 
I mean, I, I don't know whether you've been able to figure that out or not, but it doesn't sound like any of the air is really safe. But even if you're in a suburban or rural area and you put 90% of your time inside and these forever chemicals are there, then you're, you're subject to this pollution as well. So what, 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 are, the, what are the solutions? We, can't, we obviously can't stop the air uh, particles in the, in, in the outside other than moving, I mean, I, I moved from a big urban area to get away from it, <laughs> and I advised my kids to go to the west end of town because uh, when, the, when the prevailing winds go from west to east, if you're at the west end of an urban area, then you're sort of at the safer end of the whole equation. So all my kids in Canada live on the west end of Toronto, uh, hopefully, uh, I guess they're about 10 or 20 miles to the west of the uh, urban area, and that's where the safest air is. So we've done what we can. Uh, I, I don't know what else you can do to, to protect against the the outdoor air. Do you have any ideas that you've read about or heard about? Yeah, I mean, I think in one of the um, articles it was talking about that we're causing the air pollution, and so I think you know personal responsibility and accountability go a long way. You know, taxing. Um, corporations that are causing the majority of air pollution when we know that 80 to 90 percent of air pollution is generated from corporations like I think that they need to be held responsible for what they are doing to air quality but then equally you know what we can do in our own homes of and this it tackles climate change entirely you know of driving less and using less um exhaust in the atmosphere but also really changing what kind of cleaning products we're using in the house you know the pfa pfas s's are forever chemicals that are associated with cleaning products and paint and carpets and clothing so paying attention to what we're actually purchasing and using our dollars to purchase things that are one environmentally friendly and two health conscious plays a huge role and I'm a huge proponent of having plants in the house because they help with detoxification of the air. I definitely believe in having air filtration systems um, in the home as well to bind to a lot of these toxic chemicals. And so I think there's lots of things that we can do. I think the big piece is to not be apathetic and go, oh, well, it's just the way of life at this point in time because it doesn't have to be. I, I can remember when we bought this house that we're in right now about four or five years ago and the floor, uh, the, the, uh, the, the flooring that's in this office um, was had just been put on maybe um, six weeks before we bought the house. So it was a brand new one and I, I couldn't stand to be in the room because I was getting headaches and, and I was getting sinus uh, pain. And Ingrid had the same problem. She was at the way other end of the of that particular area of the house, and she was getting it as well. And so, just out of curiosity, I called up the contractor who had done the work, and I said, "Do you have the name of the chemical uh, that you use to put down this floor?" And he said, "Yeah, we have that. It's from Home Depot, and here's the name." I went and looked at it. It was the most carcinogenic glue that I'd ever seen in my life from Home Depot. So I ripped up, I had a contractor come rip up the whole floor, scrape all of that glue off of the surface, and then had him put on a sort of a, a non-toxic surface and a, 
and a non-toxic material to go on top of it because some of the times the material is also toxic that you're even uh, standing on. Anyway, uh, we had at that time we did a test. We did an air test, and you bought it online. It was like one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and we actually got a measurement. Like three or four, we got three different measurements in the house, and so we measured all these carbons and, and all these chemicals. And so we had the actual measurements, and then we replaced this floor, put in more uh, strict air conditioner uh, control units and filters, and actually a filter that we bought individually to, to remove any of the remaining ones. Anyway, we did the test again, bingo, they were all gone. So there is something you can do. I mean, I've recommended this particular air cleaner unit for, to a number of people who've had mold in their house and other problems that they got rid of and then they wanted to get rid of the, uh, of, of the mold. And so there's paint that you can actually put on uh, that actually mitigates the mold, that, that kills it and keeps it from coming out. And this particular air cleaner is called, it's by a company called Surround Air and it's the IntelliPro Air Purifier. And I, I just think it's worth its weight in gold. You know, for a couple hundred dollars, uh, you can do a lot of improvements on your air conditioner, but I don't think there's anything like these individual units because it was developed by a family who had a daughter that uh, was housebound. She, she, you know, she had to, she was called the bubble girl, you know, and uh, she had to stay in there anyway. They got these uh, purifiers developed and uh, they deployed them across the, their house and they were able to get her out of the bubble and actually be able to move around the house. So there are good things out there that, that, that can be done. And to your point about the outside, I agree with you about all those tests and stuff. When I was in Germany uh, years back doing a study, there was a, uh, I think it was in Dusseldorf, they were doing air uh, um, thermography. In other words, they were looking at the heat coming from uh, the forest and the trees and everything. And they were actually able to measure where the air pollution was coming from. And they, they, they did a map and, and they showed it and it went back to this one factory. And what, what was happening at that time, like 30 years ago, these factories would uh, get up and going really big in, in the middle of the night when nobody was kind of watching and they would release all their pollutants. And they were actually able to track that and, and have the map that they, de they developed go right to the factory. So when they went to them and said, um, you're gonna get fined if you, if you don't stop this because they showed them the map. So we know where this stuff is coming from and we know what you're doing. And so there are ways that the EPA could actually get after who these main pollutants are. That technology is 30 some years old. And they still were able to, you know, use it and, and they could use it today to find out, you know, who's doing the most polluting and put the fines on the ones that are emitting the most, new, you know, most toxins. So I, I thought those, the, I think a personal story is always the best. But do you have anything like that from your own personal background where you've been able to mitigate or help control uh, any of the air pollution problems in your community or your house? You know, I go back to being an herbalist and being out west with the forest fires and how horrible 
um, the air quality is. And I have an air filtration system, but at that point in time, I would also boil a lot of um, herbs so that you could have respiratory um, in inhalations with rosemary and mint um, and eucalyptus. And so that can bring some calming to the lung cavities. But I mean, again, I think the importance of having a lot of plants in the house cannot be overstated because they're going to naturally clean our air. Um, and then, you know, paying attention to products. And I think I haven't had a ton of experience with um, other products besides my air filtration system and using herbs to help with air purification. Um, but I do live in areas where we have poor low, we can have poor air quality due to how the mountains are and what's moving through at that point in time. And so, you know, there's, I think a little bit of helplessness that can come up with, oh, the air quality is just the way that it is. But I also think that there's more we can do and it doesn't mean just having plants inside. We can plant more trees outside. And we see that India is actually leading that charge in a lot of ways where they are systematically planting more trees to help with the amount of air pollution that is happening in the country. Yeah, China is doing the same thing because they're 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 kind of uh, they're they're not nine years uh, added uh, reduced lifespan. They're at six years, but they've been trying uh, you know hard as India has. But because there are so many urban areas, I mean they have. Those two countries have like 90% of the cities that are over 20 million in population. And so they're really between a rock and a hard place. Uh, so I, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. But uh, at the same time, uh, we have to deal with the reality that we're up against. And, and I, I did some research to find out some of the other things that can help. And here's things like beetroot and apples and onions and basil and ginger and garlic and lemon, these are all kind of natural detoxifiers for the pollutants that are in the air. And you know what, there's studies. I mean, I went out and looked at these uh, the studies and here's one called, uh, you know, the, the company that does the uh, Elzevir, it's E-L-S-E-V-I-E-R. Um, they're kind of like a science group, and they have a study called Dietary and Pharmacological Interventions to Mitigate the Cardiopulmonary Effects of Air Pollution Toxicity. <laughs> and it sounds like a mouthful, but at the end of the day, you go down the way a little bit and it goes, the antioxidants, vitamins C and E, protect the lungs against short-term ozone and uh, PM exposure and the polysaturated fats, uh, acids, uh, such as fish and olive oil, also help to protect the body. So there's a lot of solutions out there. And so the herbs that you mentioned, the nutrients that I mentioned, and the air purifiers, I mean, I just, you're right. The main thing is you have to take responsibility because sometimes if you don't get those symptoms like Ingrid and I did, you're, you're just absorbing the air and you're not really aware of what the impact it's having on you. Um, so I think we should recommend that everybody uh, get one of these tests. I mean, for a hundred bucks or 150 bucks, you can have your water and your air tested and find out what kind of situation you're in. And then you have all of these solutions 
that you can you can put into action and look at the rise of kids with their allergies and asthma i mean that's now getting at crisis levels what uh, can we make the connection between air pollution and those things as well what, what's your feeling on that I think that air pollution is definitely a part of it. And, um, you know, I think also dietary factors could play a role, like we've discussed previously. But air pollution and exposure in utero, specifically to toxic chemicals that we don't know how to filter, are really huge culprits of it. And, you know, this is the need for the phytochemical quercetin into the body pretty regularly, which is, I love with the list of foods that you gave. Apples, it's really on the top. We know that the quercetin found in apples can help open up lung capacity and lung cavities so that there's more oxygen that can be um, took. And so, you know, it's not just about eating your fruits and vegetables just because it's good for your health. There's also the phytochemical aspects that are actually helping to combat the realities of asthma and reductions uh, into the airways. Yeah, I, I think that this problem of children is the one that alarms me the most. Mm. Because, uh, you know, if, if you start from the womb, uh, a majority of children are born with toxins in their body from either the water or the food or the air. And then they can't get the breast milk that in many cases that's healthy. And so they're putting more toxins into the body. And then if they have some kind of a genetic predisposition to asthma or allergies, then that exacerbates the whole problem. And so now you have this crisis of asthma and allergies. And the medical profession, again, is trying to deal with this with pharmaceuticals and other things that aren't really getting the job done. And so I, I think one of the things we need to interject into our discussions in almost all of our programs in the future is the need to increase the exposure to and the use of integrative medicine. And uh, I know that's a big topic for the future. Uh, we mention it individually, but I think that we have to do more as a country and more as an actual society to pay attention to this. And one of the articles I read this week is from a group of doctors in the UK. I think it was 140, 150 doctors in the UK who wrote a letter to the government and just said, uh, basically, you have screwed things up so bad <laughs> with COVID that our hospitals and our doctors cannot provide the services they'd like to provide. And when they do provide them, they're not as effective as they could be because they're only using half of, of the toolkit. They're only using the pharmaceutical side of the toolkit. They're not using the nutraceutical side of the toolkit. And so, at least in England, the doctors are stepping up and saying, this is not appropriate. We have science to support what we're, what we're trying to do. And all you're doing is pushing the agenda of the big pharma and uh, the medical uh, society establishment. And uh, so I'm glad about that. We have a project here that I'm gonna be working on where we're gonna to try to do something similar. Only I don't think writing a letter and having a lot of people sign it is necessarily the way to go. And so uh, let's stay tuned because uh, in the next couple of weeks, we might be launching a product with a bunch of doctors from across the country to try to actually do some problem solving to get to the specific root cause of these problems, which we know it's money, we know it's pharmaceuticals, we know those are some of the root causes, but 
you know, when we're trying to address this at the national level all the time, and all the money from all these lobbyists are focused in Washington, D.C., maybe we need to focus on states. Maybe we need to focus on communities and get some of the solutions going there and then build the momentum to the point where the national people have to take, take, uh, take a view of what's going on and pay attention. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's an idea that kind of came from the air pollution <laughs> thing and, and, and found its way back into the integrative medicine agenda. But uh, it may be time for me to say a few words about some of our sponsors uh, uh, today so that we can get on to our next topic. Our listeners don't know this, but we do two topics in a row. We do one and then we do another. And so in this particular case, I'd like to recognize uh, DHA Labs. Uh, DHA Labs is a uh, testing company, blood and urine tests and genetic tests, and uh, they're one of our sponsors, and they really have a progressive uh, background and history in doing these preventative tests, these things that can help to find illnesses at the early cellular deterioration level. And that's what I like. I like to see us being able to catch these chronic illnesses five to 10 years before they actually happen. That's when we can get the most response. The second company is Paddock Pools. Uh, Paddock Pools is uh, a pool company that has a, a, a product called a vacuum extractor. And this vacuum extractor is really uh, a air, uh, air extraction unit that actually takes the chlorine air from the chlorine gas that emits from the pools when there's chlorine treatment and actually gets about a 95% of it off the surface so that you can really breathe a good oxygenated air when you're swimming. And this is really healthy. It helps to uh, reduce the risk of cancer uh, caused by zinc uh, depletion and uh, depletion of vitamin D3. And so Paddock Pools is doing this and they're in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So that's a sponsor again, that's really, really paying attention to health and something that we should help them to uh, get out there so that more people know about them. And, and Southern Trust uh, Financial Planning is another one of our sponsors. And, you know, they're, they're all about making their money for their investors and for their, their clients. But um, the other side of the coin is they're interested in health. Uh, they want to make sure that the people they're helping to uh, preserve their wealth, they're also preserving their health so that they can uh, stay uh, alive and do the good deeds that they need to do before the end of their life and, and help their families to become healthier. So Southern Trust Financial is, is one of those companies and I think it's really important to uh, support a company uh, like that. And the other one is the MPB Health. MPB Health is a medical cost sharing company. And uh, these companies, they don't sell insurance per se, but they, sh they sell kind of a mutual fund, if you will, of, uh, of, of health services. So they're all about preventing illness, uh, making sure their clients are into wellness in a serious way, and about reducing the administrative cost so that by the time they get done with all their reductions of their costs, but keeping the services high, they're able to get a reduction in premiums of about 30 to 50%. So MPB Health, they have videos online and you can go and take a look at them. 
and listen, people are starting to get 10, 20, 30% increases in their health insurance, and that can be a serious problem. So medical cost sharing, there are now many, many companies out there. There's probably 10 or 20 companies out there that are well known, but I like MPB Health because they're really concentrating on wellness. So that's our other sponsor, and we thank all four of them for their help and uh, their continued efforts to support what Aubrey and I do every day. And so, Aubrey, thanks so much for uh, your help today, and I'll see you the next time around.